If you're ever not sure what to make for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or what actually makes a good snack, today's episode is for you. Heather is an amazing resource. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Today's guest, Heather Campbell, is a registered dietitian and a family meal expert. As a mom of three and a military spouse, she understands the mental overwhelm of motherhood. She uses her experience and expertise to help overwhelmed families gather around for meals together without wasting time, money, or brain space. Heather believes that strong relationships are the foundation for healthy families, and those relationships grow around consistent shared meals together. I am so excited today to welcome Heather Campbell. So Heather, can you say hi to everyone? Hi, thank you for having me here. Heather, can you tell us a little bit about you? Like I've read your bio that you're a registered dietitian, but can you tell us about your family and your view? Yes. So I am a registered dietitian, which is a fancy way of saying I know a lot about metabolism. And I have a very expensive piece of paper that hangs on my wall that says I know a lot about how the body works um, and how food works in the food <laughs> industry. So I'm a registered dietitian, passed my medical boards. For my family, I am an Air Force spouse. We are currently stationed outside of Fairbanks, Alaska. So if you are not in Anchorage and you are not in Fairbanks or maybe in Juneau proper, uh, you're kind of considered in the bush. So I live on a military installation, but we're about 40 minutes from town. So I kind of live out in this little tiny base in the Alaskan bush. Um, and I have three kiddos who are less than four years apart, which when they were younger felt like a lot of kids. Uh, now, some days still feels like a lot of kids, um, but <laughs> they sure. are six, eight and nine. So my boys are sort of one entity sometimes, you know, they're a year apart yep. for the boys and then um, little sister who we just call sis. So the boys and sis and we have a dog who's 11 who thinks he's a puppy and life is just really busy as being a military family, having three kids, a mom who um, does work from home. It, it's just a lot to balance. And yeah, life is busy, but it's good. It is good. And how fun. We have similar kids. We've got three kids. My kids are older because they're 16, 14 and 10, but they're all girl, girl and then boy. Um, yep. So, yeah, the girls were like one entity because they're 17 months apart. So, yep, yeah, there's just, a, you know, and I hate to say that because my boys, their personalities are so different. But in so totally. many ways, they're they're one entity. And even my daughter, granted, my boys are boys and, and my daughter's mm -hmm. a girl. But I thought she would be more like one or more like the other or a mix between the two because my boys are so different. But she is like she just makes a triangle. Effect. Like she is her <laughs> own different person. And so um, which I, makes, you know, parenting really fun because what works for kid one doesn't work for kid two, who's a year younger. And definitely neither of those approaches work for kid three. So I still am 10 years into parenting and I feel like a rookie. Like I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like a rookie still with my 16 yeah. year old, right? Because like the problems just change. Right. 
the, yeah, the issues, the things the you time, were concerned like, about. Like I was like, oh, well, they eventually started sleeping through the night. Good. I won't tell you when because it was much longer than I wanted it to be. But um, I was like, oh, good. The problems do change. And then it, it is interesting. And I thought, you know, at some point it would get simpler. And even now my kids go to school all day. It's so like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. I'm going to have all this time at home. I can keep the house clean. I can do it. Well, now, you know, in those little years, I started doing consultant work and volunteer work and advocacy from home, which I love, but yeah. now my days are full. So I've like, okay, they're, they're gone for six hours between, you know, by the time I get home from taking them and leave to pick them up, I have a six hour block five days a week also to do key spouse stuff in the Air Force. That would yep. be like FRG or your ombudsman. Like I do key spouse and my husband's in a leadership position. So there's a lot that comes with that. Absolutely. And then my actual work and Bible study. And then the whole like house cleaning, the, and, and the management and, and of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Caretaking. Yeah. And as a military spouse, especially, um, I feel like we have an unusual burden sometimes, especially close to PCS or if you have a service member who's traveling. Yeah. Um, so I really held on through those young years, hoping it was going to get easier. And like, it, I'm still waiting. Maybe it, soon. It gets easier, but different. How about that? Right? Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry about my kids sleeping through the night anymore, but now they come in at 11 PM and that's when they finally want to talk about the big things. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's different. And I've got more hands to help. Like dinner is not as hard as it was with yes. kids this age. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there's still blood sugar that I need to notice for people's hangriness, including my own. I was like, oh, my gosh. Last night, we held yeah. dinner for my husband to get home through D.C. traffic. And I was a hot mess by the time dinner got on the table. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Understood. Yeah, that makes sense. So one of your things that you're an expert on is family meals. So let's talk about this. Why are family meals so important, Heather? So important, you know, especially with this unique perspective that I have, one being a dietitian and a mom, but also being a military spouse. For us, our community changes all of the time. Our location, who our friends are, whether or not my husband is home, um, mm-hmm. either for dinner or in the long term, right? There's a lot of things that are variable for our family structure. But the one thing that's consistent is my ability to gather my family. And, you know, I, I often talk about family meals, not just family dinner, because sometimes you have a routine where breakfast is the great time that you can catch everybody. Yep. Or maybe it's Sunday brunch, whatever that is, whatever that meal window that you can consistently try to catch everybody. It's such a unique time. And it really is a window of maybe 10 or 15 minutes that you can get people off electronics and gathered all at the same time. But we can intentionally gather and talk about our day or talk about what's going on with homework. You know, my kids are elementary age. Mm So we've got homework and then we've got sports and and we're shuffling, you know, three kids to five different places. And (laughs) sometimes I'm doing it by myself. So that is such an important window. And when we recognize that, that we consistently every single day are having usually at least one time a day, maybe it's just the after school snack, but we have an opportunity to sit down and talk with our people for 10 or 15 minutes. That changes the way that you view how you approach family meals. It changes the way that you enter into conflict about the food and it changes the way that you interact with the people at the table, whether you're eating at Taco Bell or eating in the back of the car at the baseball field, or you're eating, you know, at a dinner table, that isn't as important as the fact that you're intentionally gathering with the purpose of spending time with your people. So I'm very passionate about that and realizing that resilience for your family and that foundation of your family, that building Mm -hmm. on your family's values 
starts with relationships with your family members and the dinner table or breakfast table or whatever, the family meal is a great place to really initiate that building. I love the fact that the family meal can be not just dinner, right? Like there's so much like family dinners will save us or family dinners keep your kids off of drugs, but family dinners might not fit your family's dynamics once you look at everyone's schedule. So I love that it could be really any family meal and that the location doesn't matter. You don't have to be sitting at a dining room table um, for it to be valid as a family meal. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be this homemade, beautiful, like on silver platters, Norman Rockwell painting of (laughs) this meal, you know, where, where everybody's smiling and thrilled to see what you've cooked and they're all clean and the plates are pristine and the table looks great. Like, I have taken the hodgepodge pile of stuff that needs to go elsewhere in the house that lives at the end of my table rent free. It just lives there because we have five people at a table of six and the sixth place setting is just where the clutter gathers Yeah, and we shove it to the sixth seat and we sit down and I bring the pot to the table or we're eating on paper plates because I just cannot even with the dishes. Absolutely. And I'm a family meal expert, but (laughs) again, that's putting that priority on the people that I'm spending the time with. And for me, we all get in these seasons where the dishes or the chores or or the whatever just can be too overwhelming. That's the straw that's going to break the camel's back. So if it's easier to just take the pot to the table and you eat on paper plates, then that's what we do so that I can spend my brain space with my people and not worrying about something as trivial as dishes. Now, if you were a very dedicated environmentalist, you're probably balking at the idea that I use paper plates. But the reality is that sometimes... You just got to use paper plates and that's okay. Have you ever heard of Casey Davis and struggle care? Um, She's like famous on TikTok, right? She has a line that I love about how you can't save the rainforest when you're drowning. You mean like this little book? Yes, I have both of hers. Yeah, I interviewed her. She is real as real can be. Oh my um, gosh. But you this can't book save was given the world. To me this summer, and it's amazing. It's called. For those of you who can't see video, yes. like, <laughs> yeah, called, I don't record the video, so no one else yeah, can see yeah. the book. It's called "How to Keep House While Drowning." It's by Casey Davis, and it's I don't know. Let me look in the back. Fifty pages long. It's these little like daily pages, and I'm talking like a half a page. And yeah. I went through a season earlier this year that really was just drowning in, in just mental load and just a lot of things like I just could not even. And this book gives you permission. It gives you actionable steps to yep. actually know how to take care of yourself and say, hey, maybe you can't clean up the house, but you can throw away the trash because you deserve a space that doesn't have trash, right? Absolutely. And it's just so full of compassion. I mean, it says 31 days of compassion. Yeah, so there's two um, versions of her book. So she's good. got the 31 day one and then she's got like a longer audiobook where she oh. tells you how to speed run the audiobook too if you don't have the mental space to read it all through. Both love it. superb. Love her. I mm. wish I would have had her in 2009 during a nine month deployment with an 18 month old and a two year old, right? Like I knew I could use paper plates because someone handed them to me and said, do this. (laughs) But there's sometimes we just, we think we have this standard, especially new moms. I feel like those of us who are maybe a little um, older, we're maybe more salty or we've stopped caring. I haven't decided where we fit in that spectrum, but as a new mom, I, I needed to have the the themed birthday parties and the the nice looking house that you know. Mind you, I we had a deployment and I had a five month old and an eighteen month old yep. by myself. Oh, gosh. None of our friends were married. 
They definitely didn't have kids. Um, we had a few members in our church that had kids a couple of years older and that was it. No family nearby. Yep. And the pressure that I put on myself that I felt was absolutely like suffocating. So this book would have been very helpful yeah. eight years ago to new mom, Heather. But even now, um, reading it, it's helped me through a difficult season and also given me ideas for how I can help other families when they're asking, how do I get dinner on the table? How do I make a meal? How do I not fight the kids? And, and this gives me that different perspective mm-hmm. of like, okay, well, keep this in mind when you're, when you're putting together what your family's going to eat. It's okay if it looks like fill in the blank. Yeah. It's okay if it's all the plastic bowls from the pre-made section of the grocery store, right? It's totally fine. So what are your favorite hacks to get a meal on the table? Okay. So favorite hack, we used to live um, at our old duty location old duty station, we lived near a Costco and Woo-hoo. it was like on my way home to swing it. I, I mean, I lived, the, the Costco was closer than the grocery store. So I truly was like, wow, probably 70% of my groceries were Costco, right? And I have a family of five, so we can go through Costco produce and Costco bread and, and those sort of things. Um, but the, the $4.99 rotisserie chicken mm-hmm. <laughs> from Costco, I cannot tell you the number of times, probably at least twice a month, I would swing in, get the hot rotisserie chicken, get a bagged salad. We'd usually have a loaf of bread at home or some, you know, Pillsbury biscuits we could pop in the oven or I'd just pick up dinner rolls. But something like that, it's a vegetable. I would sometimes microwave a frozen veggie, but like a rotisserie chicken or, you know, some sort of pre-made vegetable that's still a vegetable. Mm -hmm. A bagged salad is still just, I tell my kids all the time, they love salads. Like guys, it's just a bowl of veggies with sauce on it. (laughs) It's just, it's just veggies. But I know that for my brain space, the likelihood of me chopping up the 17 ingredients in this bag salad is very low, but so low. And I, I'm not making a homemade poppy seed dressing, but I will buy that kale salad with that sweet poppy seed dressing. Oh, that's a good salad at Costco. It's so good. Yeah. And then you got like the salty rotisserie chicken. So finding ways to use things like that. Um, I had a recipe recently that called for chicken nuggets and I went through all the steps and I, it basically made chicken nuggets yes. from scratch. And I was like, this is stupid. We're never your fail. I tried your recipe after you said, don't do it this way. And don't I went and bought the I pre-made did. chicken nuggets yes. for the chicken and waffle recipe. And the I was like, yeah, this is great. But exactly. I would never make the nuggets from scratch for this. I still have a stupid bag of them in the freezer because it made too many for the castle. Anyway, it's <laughs> clearly not recovered from that experience. Um, but things like that of recognizing, okay, this calls for um, me to bake chicken and then slice it up and do all this. It's also okay if I just stop in the deli section of my grocery store and get grilled chicken that's already sliced up. That's fine. Yeah. Like, if that gives me permission or, you know, getting rotisserie chicken, we used to get it and cut it up at home and we'd have it. And when I made chicken fettuccine or chicken mm-hmm. fajitas, I've now got pre-cooked chicken. That's a pretty generic flavor. They don't flavor it specifically. And I could toss it in with my bell peppers and make up fajitas in 10 minutes. So finding those pre-prepped items, especially if time is your limiting factor, if that's your your most precious commodity, you've got busy kids, you've got a busy family, finding ways to cut corners, save time, whatever you want to call it, but giving yourself permission for that, that it is okay if you pick up chicken that somebody else has prepared and include it in your meal. It's okay if you microwave vegetables. It's okay if you use a frozen meal. That's not 
bad. That doesn't make you a less capable parent because you're doing what's best for your family, what's best for your mental health, you're feeding your family, and you're using all of your resources wisely. That actually makes you a really resourceful expert parent because you're doing what works for you. So that those are my favorite hacks is, is sort of finding those yeah. ways to cut time out of recipes of things that you know your family's going to like. I um I live by buying a vegetable tray once a week, right? Yes. And, and it buying the fruit salad range. if I can. Um yep. like all those hacks, like I'd love to know that I can open the fridge and have it ready and that yes. when I'm hungry too, I deserve it to be ready for me, right? right? I think so long in early motherhood, I did so well of feeding my family, but I forgot to feed myself well. Yes. Yes. I think this is something that I'm hoping at some point from a ministry standpoint really grows more is encouraging families to gather at the table to feed themselves well, but also, especially moms, that's where we see it the most. Dads aren't as bad about forgetting to feed themselves. No. Even if they're the primary caretaker, they're just not as bad typically, you know, when we think of the bell curve of statistics. So moms are really bad about taking care of themselves. We have to make sure that we are fed well, that we are taking care of our bodies and our minds so that we can take care of everyone around us. And from a faith standpoint or from a mindfulness Mm -hmm. standpoint, you have to also be feeding yourself, giving yourself rest, taking care of yourself and whatever your spiritual and rest needs look like so that you can take care of the people around you. Um, and, And it's so easy to forget that as a mom. I've started realizing that rest Rest was always like I had a to-do list and rest was the last item on the list. Like once once these 10 items are checked off, you may progress to item 11, right? Yeah. Which is rest. And now I've realized that like sometimes I have to put rest in the middle and I just have to stop and realize, okay, some of this list will be tomorrow or I would get to the end of my list and add new things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, I'm done. I've got more productivity time. No, no, the yeah. list is done. If you have to rest and realizing that I work from my rest and not for my rest. Yes. Almost like a gas tank that I'm, okay, I don't just top it off. Like I need to fill up the gas tank if I expect to do a lot of work. So all of that from food, from rest, from mindfulness, you have to feed yourself well to also take care of your family well. Absolutely. I always envision people talk about filling their cup, right? And the Mm -hmm. visual I always have for it is that I want to fill my cup so much that like all the tiny things that I give all day to are filled from the overflow of my cup instead of just from me pouring over into those cups. I heard a really interesting visual um, this summer and it was talking about that cup. And then we have this mind of like, okay, my cup is, is sitting on the table and I fill it up and then I pour it out. And right. I fill it up and I pour it out. But a more realistic visual is that it's almost like a cup that's continuously pouring. Yeah. So we have to make sure that we're pouring into the top of the cup because it's got a spout and it's pouring out of the other side. And so it's not a wait till your cup is empty and then fill it up, but continuously filling up your cup. And that totally, like just that visual of like, oh, okay, so not empty and full, but continuously filling because I am continuously pouring out that really changes that the way that you look at it, the way that you give yourself grace, the way that you give yourself compassion to rest. Um, I recently had hives. I I woke up with like a face full of hives. It's very weird. I didn't know where it came from. Um, And I just realized I had to cancel my whole day and take Benadryl, which I'm very sensitive to. So it knocks me out. And I slept till like one 30 in the afternoon. It was time to go get the kids. I was so annoyed that I had lost this whole day of of momming, right? Yeah. Of things I needed to do. And I was thinking in my mind, you know, Christy, if you had said, 
I've got hives. I I have to I have to sleep and and take antihistamines and hope that these hives go away. Of course, my husband was TDY. Of course, of course he was. I know. Um, I would not think twice. I'd be like, Christy, okay, you stay on the couch. Let me come over and throw your load of laundry in for exactly. you. Exactly. Drop off dinner when I'm there. I would not think twice. Yeah, about- like I'll go get you some frozen food. We can yes. make it super easy. Like I would not think twice about that. But giving myself that same compassion and that same permission to take care of myself is so much more difficult. And that's most of the uphill battle that I work with with families, even when it comes to family meals, is giving yourself the compassion to do the chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and throw in some veggies in the microwave and realize that not only is it, oh, well, I guess this is fine. This isn't good enough. Like it'll just have to be good today. No, it's good. It's good. It's still an adequate meal. You're good. So what would be an adequate meal? Like if a parent's like freaking out, like, okay, so chicken nuggets, macaroni and cheese, a vegetable, like you're saying that's good. So why is that good? So whenever we think about fueling our bodies and fueling our minds, right? You want to have some staying power. So we all know that if you give a kid like a chocolate bar in 37 seconds, they're going to ask. Oh, they're still hungry. Yeah. Like they're (laughs) going to burn through that carb right away, Um, especially younger kids who are really active. So when you think of staying power, you want to have some fat, you want to have some fiber, and you want to have some protein. So when you think about chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and veggies, you're getting fiber from your veggies. You're getting color from your veggies. Unless you pick corn, which would be kind of a boring plate if you look at it. And it's, you know, <laughs> maybe it's, it's a like, theme dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's a yellow dinner today, um, which I've totally done. I'm like, well, that's what we got, kids. Yellow dinner, um, and then I just make it fun. Like, oh, uh-huh. it's fun. Yeah, let's have a yellow dinner. Um, But when you think about it, okay, I've got some protein and I've got a little bit of fat in my chicken nuggets. I've got some fat and some really delicious flavors that we like in the mac and cheese. And then I've got a veggie and okay, I've got good staying power and I've got some of those good nutrients, things from fruits and vegetables, the protein, the vitamins and minerals. This is all on the plate. It doesn't really matter where it's coming from. Now, is it important to include fruits and vegetables as often as possible? Yes. Um, But I always recommend to families not to put that pressure on dinner. We talked about it a little earlier, mm-hmm. realizing that family dinners will save it. Well, what if you recognize that you can totally just have veggies and ranch and Cheez-Its? Like, okay, your kids want Cheez-Its or goldfish or whatever. Yeah. Okay, you can have some chips and here's some cucumbers and ranch. Yeah. Um, and putting it together and almost treating all of your snacks like a miniature meal. So now if we get to dinner and dinner is mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and green beans, I don't really care because I know they've been you've already offered it good stuff all day. Exactly. So giving yourself that permission to not only rely on dinner for nutrition, but make sure that you've got that staying power, some fat, some protein and some fiber. I always try to include a fruit or a vegetable on the plate. If your kids don't like veggies, offer them a fruit, still offer a veggie. Hey, Mm -hmm. we've made this veggie, but always have something that you know that your family is going to like. If you put down a whole, you know, table of all new foods. Yeah. It's likely not going to go well for at least one of the members of your family. So always have something familiar that you know that they like, that also you want them eating, right? My yeah. kids love Tootsie Pops. I'm not going to put that <laughs> for their dinner. Um, but but having that mix of, okay, I know my family's going to eat these yeah. things. These are the things I want them to eat. Here's the foods we're still learning to like. I don't even say foods they don't like. Okay, we're still learning to like this food. I love and, that and, phrasing. Yeah, like we're just still learning to like it. You don't like it yet. We're still learning. Um, but then there's some things you might never like like i'm not a big mushrooms fan i'm 36 i don't think it's gonna happen for me and mushrooms <laughs> it didn't happen till about 38 for me like okay, i think so having a help. mushroom allergy like it took someone's special mushroom recipe where i was finally like okay like 
you swear by this recipe. I'll try it. And I was like, oh, okay. But I also think <laughs> I needed the vitamin D in that my body knew I needed mushrooms. So yeah, and there's, I like the flavors like cream of mushroom yeah. soup and I like mushrooms in things. But if I was like having a salad, I'm at a salad bar yeah. putting toppings on, you wouldn't. I wouldn't pick like, oh, there's some mushrooms over there. Like that's <laughs> just not what I would pick. So it's also okay if your kids absolutely just, your spouse just doesn't like something like they might never learn to like it. That's not bad. But as long as they've tried it enough times, really, yeah. Like, yeah, that's just it, for me, mushrooms, it's a texture. It's thing. a texture just, thing. So I don't like them raw. I only like them like baked or roasted or, you know, fried in oil. chop them up and put them in like ground beef when we make tacos. Yeah. We'll chop them really small and then put, when we make up, you know, our taco filling, we'll do ground beef or, or turkey or whatever, usually ground beef and put in chopped up mushrooms and black beans. And so now I'm stretching that. Yeah. It's so full of protein, so full of lots of flavor. My kids eat it up. And, and I eat it too because it's chopped tiny and it's with ground beef. There you go. So yeah. if the challenge of meal planning or getting meals on the table is money-based, right? Because right. money is such a... Inflation has really skyrocketed every grocery price, no matter where yes. you live this year. So They're if, so high. If getting food onto the table is the hard part, do you have easy ideas for when it's just too thin and there's not I a budget? Think- when you're looking at your meals, your two most expensive top, um, not topics, your two most expensive ingredients are typically going to be your protein source and fresh fruits and vegetables. So those are going to be the easiest way that you can start cutting some of the costs. So for produce, looking for what's in season. If you're trying to buy fresh cranberries in May, you're going to pay a premium. <laughs> if you're trying to get watermelon in January, you're going to be paying a premium. So recognizing what grows seasonally in the area that you are, paying attention to your grocery store ads, what's on sale this week. That's a really great way to just naturally get variety is you just buy whatever's on sale that week. Like that's our fruit this week. That's our yeah. veggie this week. So, you know, giving yourself that opportunity to learn what's going to be on sale and also using frozen produce whenever you can or canned, um, depending on what your storage situation looks like at your house. But frozen and canned fruits and vegetables are processed at peak nutrition. So it's, it's either frozen or put into a can with all of those nutrients. Frozen typically is just, you know, flash frozen, canned, they're either going to add sugar or salt to keep bacteria from growing. Mm-hmm. But you can remove that by opening your can um, and rinsing it underwater before you serve it. It can remove a lot of that sugar or salt. So those are still really great, affordable options that are going to give you really, really good nutrition. And if you're adding it to something like a soup or a pasta or it's getting cooked anyway, then you're going to have a softer texture. Um if you want a nice crunchy carrot, I would not recommend canned or frozen carrots. No. Like that, you're going to have to go with yeah. raw for that. But recognizing where you have that flexibility to get cheaper produce. And then also for protein, the easiest way to cut the cost, know what's on sale. Um, pay attention to different cuts. There's um, there's a cut. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's right next to prime rib. It's the next rib over okay. and has very similar fat marbling in it. And it's like half the cost. There you go. So learn familiar, (laughs) right? Of what, and like for chicken, chicken breasts are all the rage, right? We we get these big fat chickens that can't walk and we want them to have really big breasts Uh that are tender. Okay. Chicken thighs are full of flavor and usually a fraction of the cost. And typically if you're cooking them up, chopping, shredding, whatever, they're going to be really similar in your recipe and give you a lot richer flavor because they're higher in hemoglobin and a little bit of that fat that's naturally present. There you go. Maybe Um, that's why my kid likes chicken thighs and she won't touch breast. 
It's so got that's such interesting. a richer flavor and a different mouthfeel. If you're just, you know, if you think about getting that rotisserie chicken, you try a piece of the breast and you try a piece of the thigh, it's even a different mouthfeel. Yeah. So, but it's going to be cheaper. So recognizing where that cheaper, um, those, those options are and then looking at non meat options. So things like eggs, cheese, beans, those are great ways that you can still have protein in your diet that are going to be cheaper in cost per serving. And of course, looking at your portions, you know, are you expecting, uh, do you feel like you should be allowed to eat a 16 ounce porterhouse steak? Um, <laughs> it's going to be really difficult to do that on a budget. Are you willing to have six ounces of porterhouse steak? And now instead of buying two giant steaks, you're sharing one, right? Yep. So Paying attention, especially on your expensive food items, paying attention to your portion sizes um, is another easy way to sort of rein in that cost. Those are really good tips. And I know that living here, I live outside of D.C. right now, and my mind is blown every time I go to the grocery store here because of the cost of living. And it's so expensive. And it changes every time we've moved. Like some places I was like, yes, we can. (laughs) It's always surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. It's How totally regional different. where I am, it's very expensive. Um, and we, this is our second time at this duty station. So we were familiar. We knew, um, you know, what to expect, but it still can be a shock. And now with inflation being so high, even some of those old tips and tricks from younger version of ourselves that, you know, the budget was tighter. Yeah. We're pulling those back in of, okay, now we're having some meat free meals. We'll have taco night. And instead of, um, having a meat, we'll have black beans or we'll stretch the meat, right? Yep. We'll take our one pound of meat and we'll put in black beans, we'll put in mushrooms and that creates a lot more taco filling and mushrooms and beans are relatively affordable, especially in comparison with meat. So Absolutely. those are ways that you can sort of stretch those dollars and they're adding, you know, black beans and mushrooms are full of nutrients. So it's adding a lot of nutrition into those foods as well. Excellent. So is there a routine of your family meals? Do your kids help set the tables? What does a family meal look like at your house or is it different every day? I think it's different every day. Um, The first thing I always start with whenever I'm planning meals, I go about five days at a time. So I go ahead and and know that one day is going to be leftovers and one day we're going to eat out because I'm just going to say to hell with it. (laughs) And we're eating out that day. Um, So I only plan five days at a time. I know that Tuesdays for us are always taco Tuesdays. Um, Taco soup, taco salad, enchiladas, tacos, chicken, beef, pork. There's a lot of ways you can really do Taco Tuesday, like 12 weeks in a row without repeating a recipe, okay? Absolutely. I know that Tuesday is going to be something like, so now I don't have to think about it. Now, instead of thinking in the vast, you know, universe of recipes, what do I want to have on Tuesday? I know Tuesday is going to be something taco themed. Yeah. Um, so that now I'm only looking at four meals per week. And I always start with looking at our schedule. What days am I on solo parent ops? What days do we have kids running around? Those are not going to be the day that I'm making, you know, a, a rice pilaf. No, that's nothing complicated. Story. Like that's a, or a risotto. Yeah. You know, like a risotto is not a good idea on basketball night. So looking at my schedule first and then typically for my family, because my kids are still young, um, they are not allowed to go to the table until we invite them because they see the food going on the table and then they sit down and we say a blessing before the meal. Yep. And so they would sit down and we say, hey, you can't eat until everyone's at the table. Typically, especially my husband and myself, 
we're the ones making the food, jerks. You don't get to sit down and start eating. When this has been an ongoing not, lesson like, in my house, right? Yeah, like, like, I'm the one that's invested the time and the energy of shopping and preparing and like doing the stuff. Wait for me. I want to enjoy it with me. you. Right. And for my kids, it was, they're just young and it's yeah. too difficult to allow them to sit at the table and look at their plate. Yeah. And not yeah. eat. Or they would sit there, okay, I can't eat my food. I'm going to just sit at the table and wait for mom and dad and drink all of my water. So then we sit down <laughs> at the table and now, you know, they need, I need to go get water. I have to pee. So now we just, we invite them to the table. And so then they know. And so we'll say, hey, okay, you know, as we're putting stuff on the table, go wash your hands, get ready. Um, sometimes if they're done with that quickly, they'll help us take stuff over to the table. Yeah. They're older now, so they can carry things over to the table. And sometimes, honestly, we just make the plates in the kitchen and, and send it over. Um but for us, they they do help with that. We rinse our plates before we put them in the sink. So yep. then at the end of the night when I'm loading the dishes, I'm not loading. I don't have to wash a sink full of yucky dishes. They're just pre-rinsed. So yeah, they're ready um, to go basically. They clear their own plates. Exactly. They're ready to just, you know, <laughs> load in because I have to unload yesterday's dishwasher because <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Um But we also have them clear their own plates. And if there's other things on the table, we have them clear the plates. And the other day, last week, my daughter, um, my husband and I were still sitting at the table and we said, Hey, like you guys come clear the table and then go grab a wipe from under the kitchen sink and wipe off the table. And she was like, we are not your slaves. And I was like, Oh, little girl, you're not making wise decisions. Like I asked you to take your plate and wipe off the table. I assure you you're you're good. But she wanted to like go back to her TV time, you know, and I was yeah. like, okay, we're going to have a little, little discussion about family chores. And for us, we're a sports family. Yeah. So we call ourselves team. People. Yeah. And think about soccer or, or any sort of sport, any sort of team sport. Every person on the team has a different job. Not everyone's a quarterback. Not everyone is the kicker, right? Yeah. Not everyone plays defense. So as a team, we cannot win. We cannot be successful if I have to do your job. So you have a job that doesn't look like my job, but once we all do our jobs, then we win as a family and we can do these other things. We can have game night after dinner or we can um, take some time to watch TV. So really getting the kids and my spouse, he's wonderful, but getting them on that idea of, hey, we're all in this together. I'm not in charge. This is not housework. And even when we tell the kids to help, it's never, hey, let's help your mom with this. It's always like, hey, Team Campbell, you need to take care of your own things. Because ultimately, the the purpose of raising children is so that they leave my house someday yep. and are <laughs> responsible adults that know how to do laundry and know how to make scrambled eggs and know how to load the dishwasher. Absolutely. So that starts incrementally as they're growing up in bringing them into the chores that it takes to run the household. So, so we try to give them a lot of opportunities um, to help. We try to include them as much as we can, but there's a lot of days that I just don't even let them in the kitchen because they're just going to make a mess and I just can't today. So there, there's those days too. You know, it's all a balance, right? Because you're the expert in your family and you get to decide what you can handle that day, which is exactly. really I, important to know. <laughs> it's true. And and that gives you that freedom from that guilt too of like, well, I really should be including the kids. You know, when the, the kids' attitudes or when your own attitude, is, it's just not going to go well. Or you're, Yeah. The kitchen's already a mess or you just finished cleaning it. Like, yeah. you know, when it's going to be a good interaction and actually be, be beneficial and when it's just going to create more conflict. And it's OK to be like, it's not a good idea today. Yeah. We'll try those you know, loving we, limits we, of how to yes. 
enjoy each other and lean into kindness and connection. Like yes. if, if my patience is the size of a pea, no, we cannot make cookies today together. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. And I think the biggest thing when our kids were little, little, that was a rule for us is once you've left the table, you have left. So when we would have friends over for dinner or something like that, um, also there were two rules. Okay. You don't touch people when they're eating. Don't touch people. <laughs> Don't touch the dog. Don't touch the baby. When I was nursing, I remember one time my kids were like, but you're not eating mom. I was like, I'm the food. Like, Stop it. Um, leave us alone. Um, so we don't touch people when they're eating. And also once you've dismissed yourself from the table, you don't just come back. So we would have friends over for dinner and the kids would go and then they would want to come back to the table or eat off of my mm-hmm. plate or crawl on my lap. And it's like, no, that is okay that you have dismissed yourself from the meal, but I am still at the table, so I am not available. Um, it, yeah. It's because that's been our routine for so long. That has worked really well in sort of setting that limit of, okay, you're invited into this space. You're invited into this community. We're going to have some time together. But once you've dismissed yourself, we're not going to get up and go potty 17 times and wash our hands and go fill our water cups and be running all around and then go watch TV and then come back to your plate because we left it on the table. No, that's it, it's for my mental health. That's not a good idea. But for other families, especially you have really busy kids, that works well mm-hmm. and helps create balance for them. But for our family, um, it was not a good fit to have five different people getting up yeah. and running and moving. And it, you became the expert idea. on what you needed because your needs yeah. and sensory awareness of everything going on at the meal is just as important. Exactly. Well, every episode here ends with a self-care idea and a family fun idea. So how are you taking care of yourself right now, Heather? What is something you're doing for self-care? The worst. Um, I actually got this idea from Brie Carroll. She was the Armed Forces Insurance Air Force Spouse of the Year. um, And she does event planning and she's the founder of Military Marriage Day. Like just woman extraordinaire. And she does not take work calls or do work things on Friday. So I'm, I'm moving towards that. Yeah. Um, I have blocked off. I have a, a six hour block that my kids are at school on Fridays from 11 to two. The last half of my block is free time. It's blocked in my calendar. Sometimes things have to be during that time, mm-hmm. you know, that somebody has to have a meeting. That's when they're available. But in general, I've blocked it that that's not me working. That's not me taking calls. That is time that I'm going to read a book or I'm going to catch up on house chores. I'm going to watch an episode of something on TV or take a walk. So I have started blocking in that once a week and it's while the kids are at school because then I don't feel as bad. I'm not taking it from family time. My husband's at work, my kids are at school, but I have put in a three hour block once a week that that is for me to do something that I feel like doing. And if that week my self-care is getting caught up on chores, that's great. If that week my self-care is taking a nap, that's okay. So that that's one thing I've done for myself. I love it. Um, and family fun idea, I think for us is just finding ways to do things together, whether we are um, making meals together, going on walks, but constantly including our kids in what we're doing and letting them know that, yes, we're your parent. We're in charge of setting boundaries for you until you're old enough to learn to set your own boundaries. But you're also our favorite people. Like we really enjoy <laughs> hanging out with you. I tell my kids all the time, like, I can't wait until you're grown up and we can just hang out and I don't have to parent you. We can just <laughs> hang out because you guys are my favorite people. I think you're hilarious. 
Like I really enjoy it. I don't enjoy every moment of every day with my children, but as people, I really enjoy my children. So we go out to dinner and we call it a family date because then it sets the expectations of manners, how you're going to treat us. We could have gotten a babysitter and gone on a date alone. We've invited you guys to come with us. This is a family date and just making it very clear to our children that we do value them, but we have expectations from them as members of Team Campbell. I love it. Well, where should people go to follow up with you, Heather? Where should they find you best? I know I interact with you on Instagram a lot, um, but where else? Tell us. Instagram is going to be the best place to find me. Glory Nutrition on Instagram. I am always putting things in my stories. Sometimes it's quick, actionable tips. Sometimes it's Hey, I made this great recipe. Don't do it the way it says. We'll put the the chicken and waffle recipe in the show notes for here (laughs) since we've both made it. And I totally used your shortcut. (laughs) Totally. I will do it again. And I made it for a friend and and used that shortcut. So um, I'm on Instagram a lot. Some of that stuff gets shared over to my Facebook for Glory Nutrition. But Instagram and Facebook are owned by the same company. They're both owned by Meta. Yeah. And they don't share over reels. So... The Instagram algorithm currently favors reels, which means I make more reels than I do just picture posts. Mm -hmm. But that also means that those don't transfer over to Facebook. So my Facebook has gone somewhat seemingly quiet because my stuff doesn't go over there. Now I could re-record it. I could record every single thing twice and edit it twice and do all of that. Um, But if you go to Instagram, (laughs) that is where you are more likely to find me is Glory Nutrition. I'm also on LinkedIn for those of you who do a lot of professional networking. That is where I do more work in food insecurity for military families, more advocacy work, more professional networking on LinkedIn. You can find me at Heather Campbell. Um, I think if you search Heather S. Campbell on on LinkedIn and I'll pop up. But those are the two easiest places to find me or my website, glory-nutrition.com, which I need to update a couple of things on there. So the easiest place to find me is going to be on Instagram. Fantastic. Well, I just want to end by telling you that you are exactly the right mom for your three kids. And I am so glad you are here on earth. So thank thank you. you for being here, Heather. Thank you. I hope this episode helps you walk away right here in the middle of November before Thanksgiving saying, I know I can put a family meal on the table, that we can have some memories around snack time and breakfast and lunch and dinners and keep it simple. You can have meals where you laugh at them because you've kept the stress low. Go follow Heather on Instagram or Facebook, whatever platform is best for you. And remember that you are exactly the right mom for your kids too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I would love it if you wrote a rating and review and sent this as a message to two friends. Let's keep calm and mother on together. Bye everyone.